Hi everybody, it's Steve here and welcome to the October podcast. I'd also like to welcome new listeners in Guernsey, Spain and Japan. If you're listening in Japan, you might find this month's podcast interesting. You might not, but there you go. A big welcome also to everyone else, wherever you are. Thank you very much for listening and subscribing. I started preparing this podcast on Friday the 15th of October, but it's now Monday the 24th of October, and in the UK it's school half term. At the end of this month, that is next weekend, we put the clocks back one hour in order for there to be a little more daylight during the school day or working day. I think this procedure is mainly limited to Europe, as when I have explained putting the clocks backwards or forwards for one hour, my students have thought I was teasing them or playing some kind of practical joke on them. I do remember one group of South American students wouldn't believe me at all, so I had to get another member of staff to back up my statement. I did want to start recording this podcast sooner, but I've had to deal with some idiotic bureaucratic officials who were ignoring my telephone calls and emails, and definitely not reading my emails. I kept receiving reminder letters from them, despite the fact I'd sent them numerous emails explaining the situation, which they chose not to read or just to ignore. They then made the stupid mistake of threatening court proceedings which irritated me as, as I've said, they plainly hadn't read any emails or paid attention to my phone calls. This time I phoned them and said if I received any further aggressive correspondence from them, I would consider it harassment and report it to the police. Well, surprise, surprise, they resolved the matter there and then, and the letter stopped. We have a saying in English, if you're trying to get something done and the other party is just being obstructive, the saying is, it's just like banging your head against a brick wall. Well, I have a wooden work desk, so a few times last week I have felt like banging my head on it. Anyway, back to the podcast. You may remember a podcast I recorded a little while ago about learning a language through a language app. This is a companion piece to that, an extended piece. Just to recall, I was reading about this language app in a teaching magazine and thought I'd give it a try. That was back at the beginning of July and I've used it every day since then. I've been using this app constantly for over a hundred days In fact, I think it's 116 days now, I've just checked. And I have found it very useful. The language, the language, sorry, the language I am studying with this app is Japanese. The reasons being, I've worked with and know a few Japanese people. I've trained Japanese people to teach English to young Japanese learners. So, I have an interest in the language. I also wanted the challenge of learning a language that doesn't have Roman characters 
as part of its linguistic system. Japanese seemed to fit the criteria here. And also I think that learning a language as an adult helps you understand the problems your students have of learning English as an adult. Problems or difficulties. I was told in one school I worked in to use the word difficulties rather than problems because it sounded more positive or less negative. I started as a beginner on this app and probably still am. Although I've been promoted through various leagues, this week I found out I've been promoted into the Pearl League. I did work quite hard and quite spend a few hours each day on the app. So I'm now in the Pearl League on this particular language app platform. There are varying levels of difficulty on the app and as you pass one level you begin another and this is every week. The first few activities are basically learning easy words and phrases. Then you learn some katakana, hiragana and kanji, the Japanese characters, the Japanese language, how the, how the Japanese language is represented in characters. And there are three ways, katakana, hiragana and kanji. And it's a mixture of all of them in the way they're represented in the written form. I can now recognise a lot more Japanese characters and words than I used to. I'm not sure how I'd manage with the Japanese text on newspaper though. I think that may be something to try later. The way I use the app at the moment is more listening and writing. When I say writing, I mean copying the Japanese characters from the app keyboard. I'm left-handed so probably need more practice in the writing department. I do have a textbook on reading and writing Japanese scripts, so we'll probably be referring to that and using that at some point. There's not much opportunity for speaking at the moment, as the only Japanese people I communicate with now are the manager and staff at the cafe in the local park. That's just using conversation passing the time of day. But that's better than nothing at all. There are also films and programs that like Midnight Diner that I can watch on Netflix on Netflix. We'll be back soon. Hello again. Welcome back. Regarding listening the app does have a facility where you can slow down the sentence from normal speaking speed to help learners hear all the words and sounds in the sentences. So it slows the sentence down quite a bit. The facility is not available for all questions, but I have found it very useful. I'm rather pleased with myself when I don't need to use it, and I'm finding more and more I can understand the utterances spoken at a natural speed. The grammar is built up very slowly, as it is completely different from English grammar. The main things to get used to for me was that in Japanese, the verb comes at the end of the sentence. And also the thing that lots of Japanese textbooks call a wa, a wa bi desu 
or to give it its other title, Wa, the topic marker. I found it quite difficult at first to distinguish between the expressions Watashi wa and Watashi no. I understand it now, I think, well, just about. And I apologise for my pronunciation there, in Japanese and in English. I try to do at least two units in the module every day. The minimum number of units I practice is two. The first unit keeps my learning on a daily level. The second unit helps me achieve my daily target. I think this is something I might have said at the beginning at the beginning of the course on the app, but I can't remember. Any further lessons I may do later in the day, depending on how busy I am, I am or how tired I am. So I can do quite a lot of lessons in a day or sometimes just the usual two. However, if I have the time, I try to do as many lessons as I can in a unit. I did find that sometimes after about two hours, it does become quite tiring for me. So I often complete the unit in the module that I'm on and return later. I think two hours straight off is quite enough language practice for me. However, I have recently discovered that if I practice two or three units in short burst, I can complete quite a lot during one day. So two or three units in half an hour rather concentrating fully for two hours. I'm quite pleased if I can get through units or modules without reference to my notebook. It means that the actual language is getting stuck in my memory, which is not always easy these days. If you can make it through a module unit without any errors, you are awarded a perfect score. I don't get many of them, but when I do, it makes me very happy to know that I've achieved this. When I first started, I could finish a whole module in a day. But now the difficulty and skills involved increase with each model. So it now probably takes me about a week to complete a module. Learners are awarded points for each lesson they complete. And that helps them move up the leaderboard of learners in each level. The levels I've, accounted, I've encountered so far are gold, diamond, ruby, sapphire, ameth amethyst, and this week, pearl. I was in the amethyst level last week. I'm in the pearl level this week. There may be other levels that I don't know about yet. But that's for another podcast. If you reach the top 10 at the end of the week, it seems you're promoted to the next level the following week. All your points are recorded, but each Monday... The learner has to start from zero points again. I'm quite pleased as I was just checking some details on the app and I have learnt almost a thousand new Japanese words since the beginning of the course. I probably can't remember them all though. I know I can't remember them all because sometimes at the end of a particular module it suddenly says revision time and I know that I've forgotten the words although I know the words are there on 
the tip of my tongue. I've used the app on a laptop and an iPad. I haven't used it on a mobile phone as I think it would be difficult for me with my eyesight and fingers the size of sausages. I sometimes accidentally press the wrong answer on my iPad as my finger has slipped. I think the, prob- the probability of that occurring with a mobile phone would increase tenfold. I'm just going to take a drink of fruit juice now. I'll be back soon. Hello again. With this app, the one thing I need to get used to is the difference between British English and US English. I won't say American English because my Brazilian friends tell me off. They say it's US English, not American English. So the app's language is US English. So I'm getting a little confused between the words for trousers, pants and underwear. And also where in US English they say on the weekend or on weekends, where in British English we say at weekends or at the weekend. So sometimes I make a mistake there and lose a point on the app because my US English is not as good as it should be. I've seen enough American movies and TV programmes I should be able to distinguish by now. I'm sure if I make a note of the specific words that I'll be fine though. For some reason, I also found the words and phrases for family members in Japanese quite difficult and puzzling at the time. And it took me quite a long time to get through that module, as I might have said before. Fortunately, I believe I've overcome that that particular stumbling block. And now I recognise the characters for mother, father, sister, etc. And as I say, another grammatical item I had to become used to was remembering that the verb is generally the last word in the sentence. While I found that concept difficult at first, as time has progressed, I have found it useful to remember, as it helps me to work out the structure of Japanese sentences. The current topic I'm on at the moment is called directions. It does seem to be quite a lot a long topic and I'll be pleased long topic and I'll be pleased to get on to the next topic which is food. I always like topics about food. In the directions topic, I have learnt the points of the compass. As for example, as in north, east, south and west. So I know these directions in Japanese and also the words for entrance and exit, and the names of buildings, such as hospital, bank, office. Although I did know some of those words already. Either when I finish the course of this app, or perhaps the first module, I'll go back to the textbooks to give me some extra support and to augment my knowledge. The module that I'm on at the moment, which is module one, which is a very long module, as I've said before, I think there's about seven modules. It covers topics such as food, directions, 
hobbies and of course together with units on hiragana, kanji and katakana. These are reinforced in every unit of the module with a map with what they call a matching activity. You might see the kanji characters, you see the hiragana characters and you have to match them together to get onto the next part of the unit. I found this particular matching activity very good in assisting me to recognise the different Japanese characters. Some of them I, I recognise immediately now, but others cause me difficulty as they are very similar but may have certain distinguishing diacritical marks which makes the pronunciation different and there are quite a few of them in the Japanese language. It took me ages to realise the difference between the characters for the words ka and ga. However, as I am now a little more aware of the grammatical structure of Japanese sentences, I believe I can tell the difference now. From my point of view, I think the app is really good and quite user-friendly for learning the basics of a language. Once you get used to it, which shouldn't take very long, it's quite easy to use. As I've mentioned before, it's a bit like an early computer game, in a way. I never had any interest in computer games when I was younger, and I certainly have very little interest in them now. Apparently, the head of languages at my nephew's school also speaks highly of this app. My one sort of downside is that I think there's an awful lot of repetition of exercises. It could be that the purpose of that is to reinforce my knowledge of the information. However, I sometimes feel that I've completed exactly the same exercises in a previous unit and that I should be moving on to a little um, I should be moving on a little further to the next unit or next module. I would emphasise that this is only a minor point and is probably me more than the app. The, the other thing that happens is that if you drop out of the top 10, you will get a message saying you will drop out of the top 10. You need to do more units. It does, does sometimes come across as slightly menacing. I'm, I'm not sure it's supposed to. Well, time is moving on here. So I'm going to wrap things up. Thank you to everybody everywhere for listening and subscribing. And to my new listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Take care, stay safe, stay well. And until next time, bye bye.